At 6.30, on a cold grey evening in March, I drove up to a building with a giant pink awning. I had with me a bottle of water, a notebook and pen, and my recorder. Everything I'd need for my evening at Canberra's largest adult store. If you're of a certain age, you've probably been to such a store at least once. Maybe even this one. But walking around as a casual customer is a very different experience from getting to know a place from the inside. So it was that I came to Shadow Chandra for the last three and a half hours of her Sunday shift at Adam and Eve. Welcome to Love Canberra, a show about love, sex, and relationships here in the heart of the nation. I'm Ivana Ho. My name's Chandra, I'm 49. I work at Adam and Eve in Fishwick ACT. I've been working here about five and a half years. Adam and Eve is cavernous. It's set in a warehouse, so it has high ceilings and it's a wide open space dotted with racks and shelves. It's clean, tidy and really bright, courtesy of round white lamps that hang from the ceiling. Most of the floor is carpeted. The carpet is an amalgam of those flat, grey carpet tiles you find in offices. At this stage, it's about 6.40pm. Chandra and I are sitting on the white couch at the front of the store, which has its back to the view of the street. In front of us, there's a rack comprising a few glass shelves holding about two dozen pairs of patent leather shoes. Some have clear plastic platforms. Most are red or black. Almost all are stilettos. I hadn't been out here for probably about 20 years since my sister's... um hen's night you know if you live in Canberra Fishwick's always here and Adam and Eve's always here and but you know it's sort of you know just been at home and raising a child and doing all that and a friend of mine decided I will come out here one night so we got out here probably about nine o'clock at night on a weeknight and had a bit of fun, walked around the store, looked at everything, giggled a lot. And then I saw a notice on the window. At that time, I just sort of had another part-time job, but I wanted something else as well. And so they'll apply, and I got the job. So you said that you saw the advert just on the window yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. And we're still today, whenever we need staff, we stick up a notice on the window. So they don't advertise on media or radio or anything like that for staff. It's just mainly um, because they're interested, I guess, in people that use their products. Mm-hmm. And what sorts of um, jobs had you been doing up until that point? Well, I was a hairdresser for about 20 years, yeah. also worked part-time in another retail store, so I sort of had a bit of experience with customers and customer service and understand the service side of retail industry. And I guess sort of not being intimidated by a shop like this, 
sort of helps as well. Do you know what sorts of people or skills Adam and Eve look for in a, in a retail staff member? Someone that's got a open, friendly personality, doesn't mind a little bit of hard work. You don't have to have a special knowledge, but you have to have an open mind. I don't think it's different from working in any other retail environment. You know, you're just pleasant to your customers. You ask them if they need help and you just study up on your product knowledge of what's in the shop so you can sell them better and you can advise people. Yeah. Did you have any expectations about what it would be like to work at an adult store? It was more about what the customers would be. Yeah. And what did you, you think the customers would well, be? Well, I like? guess, I don't know. That's Well, uh, actually, I guess what I mean to say is I didn't realise how normal everyday people tend to be the customers, you know, and it, you get surprised, you know, and you think, oh, you know, like they look like, you know, just normal people, all walks of life, all ages, you know, all nationalities, you know, able people and disabled people and yeah so you didn't think that that would be the case before you started working here I guess I sort of had this thing that some people would be too embarrassed to come into Adam and Eve or that only certain types of people came in you know sort of single people other people who work in the industry um Stuff like that, and it wasn't really anything I'd thought about before. But it's really nice because you see a lot of couples come in, and especially older couples, which I think is really sweet. How to find older couples? Oh, probably couples in their seventies and eighties. You'll see in the shop, yeah, because they're trying to enhance their private life and buy products that'll help them have a better sex life. So it gives you hope for your own future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have some customers there, do you think? Yes. So we've got like a group of boys who've just yeah. arrived in two cars. Yeah, a ute and a old Mitsubishi by the look of it. Okay, and it looks like they're heading towards the entrance. Will you be the one to serve them? Probably. I'll okay. just Usually I say hi when they walk in so they know that we know they're in the shop. Yeah, I'll let you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, Chandra got off the couch and went to say hi to the group of about six boys. I remained seated and watched them and a couple of the other customers. I try to be discreet and not look too creepy. At 6.55, a young couple walk in. They look at the bongs in the glass case by the front counter, wander over to a shelf of vibrators, then leave again. It all takes about seven minutes. The group of boys are scattered about the store. Some of them look at the bongs by the front counter. Others check out the vibrators and dildos, then the party stuff. Afterwards, they all amble outside and stand around for a while before getting into their cars. Throughout all this, there's a lone guy who has just come to my attention. He spends some time checking out the clit ticklers and vibrators before I lose track of him. Sometime before 8pm, 
I spot Chandra and her colleague Kat standing by the hot drinks machine near the counter. It's just the two of them on tonight, and it's been just the two of them on the whole day. I start talking to them and then realise I really should be recording our conversation. So that's why this will sound like it's starting midway in. I guess most of the customers that come in the shop, we want to make them feel relaxed. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 So you guys are kind of already in the business of yeah. getting others to relax, which is funny because yeah. that's exactly what I'm in the business of doing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and just act natural and, and yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so that group of guys there seem to um, be very interested in the bongs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They usually come in in groups, I've found. Yeah, usually. That's Kat. She's 21 and describes herself as a bit of a sex geek. She's been working at Adam and Eve for about a year. They're like probably late teens. They'll sort of all bolster each other's, you know, confidence, come in, get what they want. You hear a lot of the same jokes mm. after a while. Tell me some of these groups. jokes. Uh, it's just, you know, the ha ha ha, you like that kind of joke. Mm. Yeah. And what would they normally be looking at when they'd tell that joke? Sometimes the toys, because if they, sometimes when they come in for the, um, like if they're more interested in the bongs and stuff, they'll have a look through the store at some of the toys and then just like joke around with them. But yeah. it's all in, it's all like lighthearted fun. We've never really had any problems or anything with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's funny because you talked about how they sort of would bolster each other's confidence and coming in as a group yeah um but it seems like they still do need to put on certain airs as well because they might be interested in something but then they can't like show an inordinate amount exactly. of interest in it and they've got to like look at something else before they kind of briefly look at the thing that they're actually yes. interested in yes <laughs> sometimes i wonder if it's like you know a reconnaissance mission mm-hmm. you know and they're just scouting <laughs> the terrain and they can sneak in later without their mates okay you know? But, you know, most of the time, people sort of come in, they know what they want. For example, yesterday I had a woman ring up and she's got a couple of kids that are sick at home and she wanted us to get together some stuff for her so she could just race in the shop, pay for it and race out. And we're happy to help our customers like that too. Yeah. Mm. So what sorts of things did she ask for? Oh, just different toys and things like that. Mm different items around the shop because she'd been on our website and she knew exactly where they, what she wanted. Mm. Yeah. And so did those guys get anything? Yeah, I think they bought a grinder, which is like a little metal container that chops up the herbal matter. Nice opening. Okay. Is that pretty typical of um, groups of, like, young guys that they'll look at the bongs quite a lot and you know just flit through the store and not really oh it depends most of the time yeah they've come in for the glass what we call glassware Mm -hmm. um and they'll coming in for something specific yeah Mm. yeah and then will you ever see any young guys just coming in by themselves then sort of you were sort of saying before that oh they're they're probably here just for reconnaissance and then they might come back in here by themselves later have you ever seen once or twice over the years it's not 
that common. I'm sure they could probably come back in at other times. Yeah. But yeah, once or twice I've had them come back in after everyone's left and they've come in mm. and they've gone and bought something that their friends, they're worried about their friends approving. Mm. Yeah. So, but not very often. Yeah. Mm. I think it's just, um, you know, like any shop really, boys tend to come in and know what they want to buy, whereas girls like to browse and have a look around, see what's new. Okay. Sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. And what about the young couple? Yeah. It looks like they, they got something. Yeah. 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 We get yeah. quite a lot of young couples, which I think is quite encouraging. Mm. Yeah. 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 These days, it's nice to see people shopping together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did they get anything interesting? No, not really. No. I guess our sense of what's interesting is a bit is a yeah. little um, warped though, because we're a little desensitised to everything in the store. So. Yeah. Yeah, and what's interesting to us would be something completely different from what's interesting to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did they get? Well, they just bought some... I think they just bought a bong, so... Mm. Yeah, which isn't, you know... Interesting. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It depends, too, on the... Like, the day of the week as well. Like, Sunday nights tend to be slow. You know, like customers trickling in and out, but on a steady. Mm. You yeah. said that it was much busier around lunchtime? Yeah. Yeah. On the weekends. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And what was that about the 8pm rush? Yeah, that's more people coming home, um, especially during ski season. Okay. We get a lot of people dropping in on their way through from the snowfields. Um, that's why we have the coffee machine. So they can get a warm beverage, you know. So it can get busy on a Sunday evening, but it depends on the time of year. Mm. Yeah. So then their mentality is just like, oh, I might just drop by Adam and Eve yeah. and pick up a few things on my way home. Yeah, because yeah. it's on the highway. So they may live in Sydney or wherever. Yeah. But it's like a bit of a pit stop. Yeah, it's a bit of a halfway point. Yeah. So they'll stop at Adam and Eve and then they'll yeah. stop at like, you know, the local grocery store to grab some milk and bread. <laughs> <laughs> or they're on their way through to Sydney because we're, we're just a quick, you know, half K detour off the highway. Mm. So from the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll get off, come in, have a cup of coffee or a hot chocolate, grab something <laughs> and then get back so we're standing here in front of, well, between the coffee machine and some mannequins with wearing wigs. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that would sort of be for like role playing or something. Yeah. Costume, dress up, because we yeah. sell fancy dress costumes. Um, we sell a lot of wigs, shoes, mm-hmm. um, lingerie, okay, stuff like that. You know, and a lot of people who do just want to get something a little bit different you know you you get your trans women coming in that are not comfortable shopping anywhere else and we also keep sizes for bigger people as well Mm -hmm. so I think we cater for a wide variety of people that may not always feel comfortable shopping in a conventional retail store where they could probably get a similar item yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. that's interesting because um, 
I would say that there are a lot, are a lot of people who find coming to sex stores quite intimidating but then it sounds like there are also groups of other people yeah. who find it more comfortable shopping yes. in places like this. I think so. Yeah. Especially in Canberra, I think, because Canberra in generally in general is quite a progressive city and I think most of the stores around here in Fishwick are quite open-minded and and for some people that's really it's really nice to have that kind of attitude when they come in looking for certain things because different people are into different things or, you know, and, and we're fine with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see people walking past the store who look like they want to come in but seem a bit too shy to? Not really because you sort of have to drive here to get here. Yeah. So foot traffic's not really doesn't really happen unless you work around the area and mm-hmm. you're walking to and from your place of business. So most of the time it's people they've come here because they want to come here. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys need to say hello to that person who's walked in or I think she knows what she wants. Okay. Yeah. Made a beeline. beeline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she knows what she wants. In case you missed that Chandra and Kat were saying that it looked like the customer who'd just come in knew what she wanted, so they didn't need to go to her. They could just wait at the counter for the customer to come up and pay for their purchase. You do get some people, though, who are, it's their first time in a, in a sex store. Um, had a few people who, yeah, just very nervous, don't know what to expect, don't know how to interact, obviously have a lot of ideas in their head about what kind of things to expect in stores, things left over from back when it, um, sex stores were kind of more seedy as well. So, yeah, you get you get some of those people in, but I really enjoy it, <laughs> to be honest, because I really like um, yeah. helping people to feel more comfortable with their sexuality mm. and what they're into. So it's nice to see those nervous people come in and then after a while they start to settle in and then or they'll approach you and ask some questions or they'll be like at first, oh, I don't really know what I'm looking for, help me out. It's, it's nice to, to see some, some new people come in and then get more comfortable. And so what would you say to the first-timers to make them feel more comfortable and to help them narrow down what they want? Sure. So um, we're a very large warehouse. We're brightly lit. We've got the radio playing. Um, All the people behind the counter mostly are women. There are a couple of men who work for the business, but we're mostly women. We're fine to help you out with what you're after. We have great product expertise. We treat things. When we talk about things, we treat things very clinically. Mm. Like we won't talk in CD innuendos or anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. And yeah, it's it's an it's a nice place. We get mostly couples in here, so um, it's a friendly environment. Mm. But then, mm. so if there were a first timer walking around looking a bit unsure, what would you do? Um, I'd probably ask if they want a hand with anything. Yeah. But if they say they're fine, I would leave them and just let them know yeah. that I'm here to help we don't really push with in here because um, some people like to browse privately as well mm-hmm. um, so we let people know that we're open to helping if they would like it but it's up to them so they can take the initiative yeah mm. so we will sort of acknowledge them you know at some point you know if they do look like they're a bit lost or you know they need some help but yeah we also respect their boundaries if they say no Mm. Mm. And so if that first-timer doesn't know what they want, what kinds of questions would you ask to guide them? Now at this point, Kat had left Chandra and I to serve a customer. 
You'll hear Kat in the background while Chandra and I are talking. I would say, what are you interested in? Did you want to buy a toy? Did you want to buy some literature? Did you want a movie? Um, you know, did you have a specific product in mind? 75% of the time they'll say toy. And then I'll ask them, okay, so what's important to you in a toy? Is it size, shape, performance, um, colour, what it's made of? Because some people are sensitive to certain materials. Um, you know, whether they want it to look like fantasy or reality, you know. And then you can sort of narrow it down. You can, okay, we come over here. I can show you a selection of these. And also to price. Like some people don't want to spend a lot of money initially. But I've had people who've come in and they've researched, you know, two, our $200, $300 vibrators extensively on the internet. And they've come in and they might be a first time and they might be nervous, but they know exactly what product they want. Mm. So, like this woman who just came in, who was in here for all of like three minutes, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. And she she went straight down to the back where the toys were. She picked up whatever she wanted and she left. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Whereas so. um, there was another guy who was wandering around here, just a young fella, and um, the dark hair. Yeah, yeah. So he just walked out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Didn't get anything. Yeah. Just no. browsing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He was down looking at the the metal section which you know sort of a lot of different sort of more that's more of a niche specific sort of thing Mm -hmm. and yeah shall we look at the metal yeah okay Chandra and I walk several paces to the left of the counter we come to a stop in front of a wall hung with dozens of smallish gleaming metal items most of them are individually wrapped in clear plastic bags all sorts of lovely little torture devices for <laughs> intimate parts of the body. Okay, so these are all stainless steel, as, yep. as that sign says up yep. there. Yeah. Okay, um, so would you like to tell me about any specific things? Okay, well, most of the things on the wall you notice are these long, thin rods with uh-huh. a loop or a ring at the top end of them. Yeah. Um, those are designed to slide down, straight down the, the eye of the penis down straight down to the urethra and then the ring goes underneath the hood of the penis and it locks it into place right so we have a lot of those okay so not for the faint-hearted not for the faint-hearted they like I was saying before they're very niche and they're very specific and somebody who's looking at these knows what they want generally and then we've got things like the metal cock rings and bands which go around the base mm-hmm. and sort of and what about this so this, this here one? you've got like three circles two of them are the same size yep. and they're joined together um, by sort of the small arm of the T and hmm. then um, and then the long uh, downstroke <laughs> of the T is connected to that larger circle so, <laughs> yeah, so what is this so you guys well, that, <laughs> the, the, the large part would unlock and okay. go around the neck. Ah, okay. And then the two smaller ones would be for the wrist. Right, I see. Okay. So it's, it's basically a restraint device, like it's a collar and cuffs. Okay. Yeah, but they're joined by a metal bar. Yeah. So it's very restrictive, that one. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and then you've got your male chastity belts, okay. which are like little cages, lockable, mm-hmm. and they're like little sleeves that you put... 
um, the person's penis through and got a padlock and then that stops them from having sex with anyone except the key holder. Mm. Is that a butt plug over there, the thing with the fairy tale? Yes, it is. Okay. We keep all the metal together, like we do have other anal prostate devices down the other end, but anything that's metal we keep together and we've got like cute little fluffy bunny tails and then we've got slightly longer white fluffy kitten tails and then we've got long um, orange fox tails. Mm, nice. Yeah. And then we have our lovely jeweled butt plugs mm. which are like so they look like crystals. Yeah, they look like gigantic cufflinks except yeah. they're butt plugs. Yeah. <laughs> they're really, they're very popular I must say. Mm. And then we have our electrostim range which again is a very niche thing but it's actually a really good therapeutic device as well. It's like the TENS machine that physiotherapists use. Um, but you can attach all sorts of toys to it to give you like an electric charge. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we have our strap-ons mm-hmm. and harnesses for people who want a little bit extra length. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like gay couples who want... Um, like female gay couples who want to mm. play with their partners and stuff like that. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of dildos. <laughs> so this looks like it's probably the biggest dildo that you have—the 17-inch. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, that's not for the faint-hearted. Have you sold any of these? We sell a lot of those. Really? And generally, we sell them to. Bucks nights. Yeah. Because I think they're trying to scare their, their friend, <laughs> the groom. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they tell us anyway. Mm-hmm. We never know. Do you guys ever get customers who kind of say, you know, oh, I'm just getting this as a gag gift, but you suspect All that, time. you know, it's actually for them? Or I'm buying it for a friend or someone sent me in to buy this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do, we do. But that's, you know, part of it and it's, you know, you know, you never question anyone and, yeah. So where is your Fifty Shades it's range, is it? Okay. It's actually quite a good quality range. Like yeah. when they were designing it, they had a lot very good quality control um, and the toys and the products are actually quite, quite sturdy and quite good. Yeah. So I'll say that one thing for that. They got that right. <laughs> so what are these? Um, they are actually nipple clamps. Right. So basically that top ring, sort of you pull it out, put it on each side of the actual nipple, they look and a it bit, just creates pressure. They look a bit gentler than the other nipple clamps that we saw. They're actually quite nasty. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because they look so delicate. They do. They look very pretty and they look very delicate. Those particular ones are a constant pressure, right? Um, so there's no way to adjust down the pressure on them. Whereas these other ones here, which look a bit scarier, they've actually got a little screw at the top, which means you can relieve, can take the pressure down quite a bit. Mm. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> so it's not always very clear cut when you look at something. They might look innocent. Mm-hmm. Like, because the other... The other nipple stuff over here, 
you've got one soup, a bit like those ones, but they're all fully adjustable. Mm. Yeah. Okay. These are the scariest ones, so. Ah. Why, what makes those scary? Um, because they're designed, they're the Japanese clover clamps, they're designed to be incredibly painful at their fullest. Right. And they create quite, quite an intense pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're a lever design, so they have a, you can sort of move them apart and pinch them. and. They look like pliers. Yeah. They look like mini yeah. pliers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, um, usually we keep, like in our store, we have a sign saying no one under 18 past this point, because once you get down to the DVD area, which is behind a a doorway and a screen, it's restricted, Mm. so no one under the age of 18 is actually allowed down that end of the shop, Mm -hmm. so we do check ID, yeah. And because of that, we keep some of our more hardcore fetish stuff around the back here. Okay. Yeah. So. So I. So we've just walked into that section. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Hardcore fetish. So we've got some. Um, ball gags, paired with nipple clamps. Um. What's okay? Fantasy web. So I guess you'd tie each of the corners of that web to bed posts. Yep. Um, and then restrain them, restrain yep. their wrists and their ankles. Yep, and okay. any other part of their body that you can attach it to. Hmm. What would you say would be popular on this particular wall? Oh, the ball gags, definitely. Okay. Yeah, and the rope, so the bondage rope. Yeah, mm. definitely, yeah. Um, and then we have our... Pussy bar, we call it affectionately. Okay. Yeah, and these are tubes with soft, lifelike skin um, inside them, in with the opening shaped either like a vagina, a mouth, or an anus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are branded Joy Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, other people might be more familiar with the term flashlight. Yeah, they're just around here. Ah, okay. Yeah, here's flashlight. Yeah. And as you can see, we've got like one style of fleshlight left, and that's because it is the most popular brand. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys sell very many of these? Yeah, we do. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're a very, very good regular seller. And we also, on this wall too, we have smaller versions which don't come in the long, hard case. Mm -hmm. They're just the soft part on the inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then over here, we've got. Our medical devices, you know, I was talking about before, how we get people prostate. Mm -hmm. So we have pumps, penis pumps, as they're known by, and they're designed to help rebuild the muscle and the muscle memory so that after the operation, it's a bit like a workout or an exercise machine that they do a little bit every day and they get their movement and their strength back. Yeah. Mm. So, And that's a really key part of our service I think because I think a lot of people don't realise unless they get that medical support you know they can um, get back to where they used to be Mm. yeah so what are these hydromaxes well they use water instead of air the other one's like a vacuum with a little pump thing that you do by hand yeah whereas the hydromax and the bathmates brand there you use the water as the vacuum pressure 
mm. instead of the air. And they're actually meant to be a lot gentler on the skin and give you a more even and safer, you know, because some people can overdo it initially. So these are a little bit better quality and better for... for so they're just generally better. Mm. Um, so they're a really good one too because they're high-quality material and they'll last you forever. Mm. Yeah. What are some other items that people might use for rehabilitative, rehabilitative purposes? <laughs> Whenever it's rehabilitative, but we have like these crazy-looking, scary sort of torture devices here which are actually meant to elongate the penis. Okay. And they're like a little splint with the little screws and bits that pull the organ out and meant to extend it for you so yeah and I see there's a guide down there how to enlarge your penis yeah (laughs) surprisingly popular Mm. yeah do you think that there are ways of in of making you know what you were given bigger um like if you keep using because it's a muscle so if you keep using the pump, um, I'd say the pump's better because it works on rebuilding the muscle and strengthening the muscle. It's like a workout machine. So if you use it, the more you use it, the stronger your muscle gets. It won't make your muscle go bigger than it can naturally do, but it'll keep it better. And like anything, if you stop using it, you go back. Mm. Yeah. So you can get some permanent effect from the extender, but I think, you know, most people sort of, if they're, usually if they're really worried, they'll go into surgery later on. Mm. But yeah, yeah, it is, it is a muscle, so you can improve it. That mm. makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. The next stop on our tour around Adam and Eve was a DVD section at the rear of the store. This section is fully enclosed, accessible only through a doorway draped in strings of long white beads. So we've got these like strings sort of like entering a tiki hut or something. (laughs) Yeah, get the sound effect. (laughs) So as you walk in, you've just got lots of boobs in your face Mm -hmm. and the old style classic films and stuff like that. Big boob bunnies. Is it bunnies? Is that the word? That's yeah. Grannies. Okay. Grannies. Okay, big boob grannies. Yeah. And next to trailer trash mums. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You'll so probably freak out your listeners if you <laughs> keep reading the titles. So how are these sort of categorised? Okay, well, obviously you stumbled on our MILF and GILF section, like grannies I'd like to fuck and mothers I'd like to fuck. Um, so that is another niche that's very popular. It's this older women. Um, and then below we've got our classic films, which are like films from the 80s and 90s, which we're still... We had a few left over, so we're still selling them. And then we have... Anal. Yeah. Anal and Asian. Yes. That's right. And then we have our extreme fetish stuff. So like giant pussies and hairy pussies, which I know that sounds weird, but they are sort uh, of... To not call that an extreme, you mean? Yeah, well, because um, I guess in mainstream porn now it's more common to see hairless, but now there's sort of like a bit of a backward turn back towards a more natural look. 
yeah. I see we've got the classic deep throat up there. Yes. And we also sell some of the Debbie Does Dallas ones, the later ones. It's very hard to get the original. I'm trying to show you the nice things. <laughs> oh, we've got our lesbian porn here. Uh-huh. And on the opposite side, we've got our gay male porn. Yep. Looks like the personal training series is quite extensive. Yeah, yeah. Buff boy bodies. And then we have our transsexual sections. That's very popular. That's probably one of our top sellers is transsexual pornography. Um, yep. And then we have our um, romantic movies and our parodies, which are also very popular. And then we have our high-end top studios, world-famous porn star, you know, sort of A-list movies. Um, the Jimi Hendrix sex tape. Yeah. So whenever a, a reality or a movie star or pop star bring, you know, puts out a sex tape, we generally try and get it. But at the moment, nobody's really doing that anymore because it's sort of a bit past say. Mm. Yeah. So you've been here the past five to six years. Yeah, Would yeah. you say that given there are now streaming options, for instance, that, mm. yeah. that DVDs aren't quite as popular these days? Definitely has affected it. Um, but there are people that still want to come in and buy their their movies. They don't want to download because they don't want to leave an IT trail. So we still do do quite good trade in that, yeah. Mm. yeah. But it has, yes, like everything, you know, it's been effective, yeah. So which yeah. is the most popular category, would you say? Um, it varies, you know. It really does. Like I said, we sell a lot of trans porn and we sell a lot of um, gay male porn. But, and in between all that, you know, we sell a lot of quite conventional stuff. So, you know, it does vary. Mm. After looking at the DVDs, we head back through the 18 plus area and make our way to what they call the Vibe Station. The station is a long white shelf a bit taller than waist height, with inventory above and below. On top of it is a row of about 20 silicon vibrators in various shades of pink and purple. They're elegantly thin, have gentle curves, and are smooth to the touch. Chandra tells me the way vibrators are going is that they now come with USB cords, which you connect to an adapter. So instead of replacing batteries, you now recharge them like you would a phone. And then we can go over to our party section. We don't spend long at the Vibe station. But don't worry, we'll talk more about vibrators later. It's got a, like, general party stuff that you'd have, like whistles and, you know, little blowers and um, ice cube trays and straws. But they've all got penises on them. Yes. Yes, penis straws. Or yes. Boobs. Yeah. Yes, a staple of any hen's yeah. party. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Needless to say, although Chandra did say it when we were at the party section, 
The store does a lot of trade and gear for Bucks parties, hence nights and other types of parties. Next up, costumes and other clothing. Some of our clothing's, you know, quite normal looking. Okay. We just try and cater to a lot of different things, but generally it's sexy nightwear, party costumes, corsets, skirts. Mankinis are really popular. Oh, yes. You know, for those Barat Bucks nights, they're probably our biggest seller. <laughs> <laughs> and we also sell plus size lingerie and underwear and stuff like that because we do get a lot of bigger women coming in that can't find yeah. it anywhere else. So we try to help them, you know, feel more sexy and more comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the garments, you know, um, we sell in sort of smaller sizes as well. So they don't feel like they're buying anything specifically for them. They mm. can just get it in a size. Like I think we got to about size 26 to 28. They can get it in a size that will fit them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you needed at the register? Yep. Chandra goes off to the register. Kat, her colleague, is talking to another customer. It's now five minutes to eight and it's dark outside. The front window has become reflective making the store feel all the more like its own little universe, set apart from the wider world. I watch as two guys enter the store, one in a security guard's outfit. They're not together. I catch up with Chandra again after she's finished ringing up a purchase. We talk about the little items at the front counter, pop rocks for eating right before giving a guy a blowjob, lollipops shaped like penises, feathery ticklers, wind-up toys shaped like vaginas. So this is like the lolly counter at Woolies. Mm-hmm. You come up to the front counter and all the last-minute little things that you didn't know you needed until you saw them. <laughs> so that just about concludes the store tour. By now, it's about 8 o'clock, and I've been here for about an hour and a half. There are still two hours before the store closes. I asked Chandra... What happens between now and closing? And she tells me about how later on they'll count the tills and then the security guard will arrive to see her and Kat to their cars. That's good. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, it is good. It makes you feel better about working here late at night and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is the late hour, particularly on a Sunday, the time when you would probably get some more suspect characters or...? Or no? Mm, Not at a place like this? It's more on, I think, Friday and Saturday nights because we shut at midnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the um, dance clubs are open down the street. So that tends to bring in the more sort of they've had a few or they're all G'd up on, you know, testosterone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, that tends to be – they tend to be more – Iffy nights, yeah. Mm. Mm. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. People also go out Friday and Saturday nights to get drunk. And some people come round for a laugh around those times as well. They usually you get mostly get prank calls Friday Saturday nights. Mm. Prank calls? What yeah. do they? So they? So you pick up the phone and and what do they say? What's the biggest dildo you got in the shop? That could be a serious question. It could be. So we always um, 
Usually if it sounds like a 12-year-old ringing, we tend to know it's a crank call. But sometimes, you know, it is genuine, so you always have to listen. Um, but you know pretty quickly whether or not they're just doing it for laughs. Occasionally I've had people ring up to do it to get off, but that's rare. I think it's happened once. Hmm. Do customers normally treat you guys with respect? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think because we're an established business, we've been around so long. You know, we've got that nice friendly jingle on the, you know, radio. Um, and yeah, I haven't had anyone treat me badly in here as a customer. Mm. Mm. Um, I find it better than when I used to work in hospitality because I used to work as a waitress and the customers and the clients um, in hospitality would treat me a lot worse than they do here especially with sexist and seedy comments I'd get a lot more when I was a waitress than here like here it's maybe once every two or three months you get a character who might say something but most of the time people are very respectful why do you think that is? Why do you think that you get treated with greater respect in here than, than you would in the service industry? I think part of it is the kinds of people who come in here. They're already, they're probably more aware of where they are and the kinds of people would come here as well. Um, I wonder if there is a bit of a power balance as well in that being behind the counter here, people feel quite vulnerable because they're browsing a store where obviously we might potentially you know know about what they're interested in and I think some people find that a different power balance when I was a waitress obviously I think the power balance was was shifted the other way where they thought they could order me around and ask me to do all sorts of things so yeah Yeah, that's a good point yeah and I would say yes I think we you know we take our jobs seriously and we try and act professional and be friendly you know not antagonistic or tired or cranky with our customers you know and show genuine interest in them and treat them as human beings and yeah and I think they appreciate it sometimes I think they're tired of maybe walking into other retail shops and either a being ignored or sold something that's not suitable or do customers ever sort of tell you their stories and um, share things about their relationships and about their sex lives? They do, but not all the time and not often, but yeah. Yeah, because I can imagine that if they're buying a particular product, then, you know, they might be prompted to share something with you about why they're getting it. Yeah, I think once you make them feel comfortable and relaxed or you ask them a direct question, you know, what do you want? this product to achieve for you or what do you think you know you like that's when they'll open up yeah we have had a couple of customers who are very obviously very comfortable with being in the in the store or like a regulars who will come in and just offer up information as well which I I find quite interesting sometimes what are some of the stories that people have told you guys about that have sort of stayed with you well, the weirdest question I ever got asked in here, it was two young girls. They came in and they said, we're going to ask you a really weird question. Don't freak out. And I said, darling, I've worked here a couple of years. I don't think you could freak me out. I don't think anything you could say could possibly make me think. And they said, have you got any fly spray? There's a spider on my steering wheel. <laughs> and did you have some fly spray? Yes, we did. And I just thought that was the best thing and everyone laughed because it was like, Totally unexpected, totally out of the box, not at all what I was imagining them going to ask me. And that's probably the one that stuck with me because it's 
it's so unrelated to what we sell and what people are in here to buy, but it was just, you know, yeah, it was a good moment. Mm-hmm. It still makes me smile. <laughs> but generally we don't talk about what customers say to us or buy from us because, you know, it's private. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, we don't want them to feel like they come in here and we talk about them when they go. We try and be really professional. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel that you have a positive impact on customers' lives? Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's nice to see people come in here, firstly, either not knowing what they wanted or feeling very shy. Some people come in here and they feel very... Um, insecure about a particular thing they might be interested in and they, they you know they've had a few people come up to me and ask me do you sell these kind of things I'm into this where can I grow um, and a lot of these people are really apprehensive they don't know how many other people have asked them you know how many other people are into that kind of thing and usually we'll be like yeah sure we've had that question before here's what you can do here's a couple of products that might suit what you're interested in so yeah um I really hope so I mean that's kind of what I like getting out of this out of working here because um I really like to see people feel more empowered about the things that they're buying and and their sexuality and what they're walking away with because you know it shouldn't be it shouldn't be stigmatized you know sex and sex toys are all part of life toys are just there to make it more fun and sometimes even help people medically as well so I don't want people to feel uncomfortable being into whatever they're into mm. so you seem like you enjoy working here what do you enjoy about it everything like I like the environment from the managerial side of things everything's very relaxed very chill I really enjoy it I've never had any problems um, from the products I've always been really interested in toys so I'm, I'm interested in that I'm interested in helping customers um, interested in hearing challenges as well I think because after working here for a while you go through the same kind of when you're helping someone what are your budget what kind of things you're looking for do you like external do you like internal you go through the same kind of questions but occasionally you'll get a customer who'll say okay I have this problem and this issue can you find something that fits um, and sometimes you have to be a bit creative you have to find something that wasn't really meant to do that but is perfectly safe and yeah so I've had some interesting challenges hmm. yeah and does um, a sizable portion of your paycheck go back into the store? Yes. <laughs> so I have a very, very, I'm a student, so poor struggling student, and it's such a bad habit, but I've been a toy collector for a little while, so I have about two massive drawers filled with stuff. Wow. Um, and this job definitely helps a little bit with that. It's kind of hard because you start working here and you're just like, I want everything. What am I going to do? <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So when you started here, um, it was a bit of a over a year ago, did you say? Yeah. Okay. And so did you have to like go through a process of learning about everything that's in store and was there anything that you learned about that was particularly notable? Yeah, there was there were a lot of things that I learned. I'm still learning. I by no means have an exhaustive knowledge of everything. I was a little more confident with the toys because I myself had a bit more experience with them and I read a lot of blogs online about that. I was less confident with... Sometimes you'll just get questions about, you know, people are sensitive to certain kinds of ingredients and certain kinds of lubes, trying to cater for that, um, trying to find something, learning about 
uh, I suppose, the industry behind the products as well. What's the engineering that goes into these? Because sometimes you need to break it down so you can find something for someone. Um, yeah, the medical stuff I had to learn about because some people come in here for medical reasons. They get sent in by their GP. So finding toys to help them with that. Uh, the glassware I had to learn because I didn't know any of that. I mean, the toys are only one portion of the store. They make up about a third. Um, there's still the lingerie, the costumes, glassware, everything else you have to learn. Mm. What would you say is the best-selling product? The best-selling overall? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I would say our Lilo vibrators are very well-selling. Sell- They're quite a well-known brand. People research them online. They've heard about them before, so they come in and they know what they want. Apart from that, the glassware. Mm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Hmm. So on nights like these when it's, you know, fairly quiet, what would you tend to do? Dust a bit, do some cleaning, adjust the stock. I usually go around and ask um, and make sure that the customers don't need a hand with anything. Because sometimes after you approach them first, they'll then open up and they're like, actually, yeah, you could help me. Um, usually sometimes we have some stock to do. So when we do stock, we um, we not only price them, but we also test that the battery works in them so that we're not selling toys that will often come back because they're not working. Sometimes I say we test the toys and people freak out. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not what you think. Literally just test to see if they turn on and that's it. Mm. And so are you fairly open with your friends and family that you work here? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's an it's a necessity to be open in every part of your life to work here. I do definitely think it helps though. My parents know where I work, my friends know where I work, I'm very public about it, it's on my Facebook profile. It's safer for me to be open about it because that's not something anyone can use against me because I'm like, well, I tell everyone about it. And I'm not ashamed because this is a great place to work where all open people, um, there's no reason why I shouldn't be open, I think, for myself. Yeah. No, that um, that bell goes off if there's anyone near the counter. So. Oh. Is it th- but that's not me, though, because I've been leaning against this thing for a while. It Sometimes it just, like, picks up. It just picks up a movement, so... Do you move for a while? Okay. Hmm. So what would you say is a product that you don't see often you know, that the people don't often buy? Um, that's difficult because nearly everything that we have in here, someone will buy. We think of a product in here yeah. that not, or like a, a stream of products that not many people buy. <laughs> Sorry, just heard it crashing sound from the back of the shop. (laughs) What what, would that have been, a possum? Possibly, yeah. The customer's back down there. I think they just dropped something. (laughs) We do have a pet possum out the back, though. Do we? Yeah, with the babies and everything. Does he have a name? You have to ask Daniel, (laughs) because he's his pet project, literally. (laughs) Books. Books. Yeah. 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 Not magazines, but erotic fiction. We probably don't sell as much of that as anything else. We've had stuff sitting around here since before I came 
So I would say that's probably our mm. slowest mover because people can buy it all on Amazon now. Mm, yeah. They don't need, you know, or, you know, bookstores online. They don't really need hard copies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's now about 8.30, an hour and a half to go until closing. Chandra and I talked a bit about the impact Fifty Shades has had on what customers buy. Unsurprisingly, they've seen an upsurge in BDSM items since the book's release. Chandra mentioned the kind of Fifty Shades kit that they'll sell, comprising a crop, kegel bells and a blindfold. Then I asked her what are the trends she's noticed in her five years of working at Adam and Eve, and she said rabbits. That is, the rabbit vibrator. When I started here, they were our biggest seller in toys really really popular and I actually think it's because they featured them on a Sex and the City episode back in the late 90s. I remember that. Yeah <laughs> or early 2000s a lot of women remember that and so they ran for years and now they're not so much but definitely I think more so than toys we sell a lot of enhancement products like um, herbal Viagra and stimulation stuff for women and that wasn't quite as common like six years ago? No, we had, maybe we had Spanish fly and we had the lace sprays for men. And now we've got... What's Spanish fly? It's like drops that you put in water and you drink and it's meant to raise your blood temperature and get you excited. And now we've got all these pills and creams and gels and spray-ons and stuff. It's sort of that... Industry's really boomed. Yeah. What about um, anal toys? Yeah. Because I haven't been here that long, but I'm curious. Anal what? toys, have we had a spike in that, or has that always been a, a big seller? In case you missed that, Couches popped up in the background and asked Chandra about whether anal toys are something that have become more popular of late. I think they've always been a steady seller. Yeah. But I think the metal, like, you know how we were talking about the sort of the metal kinky tortury and the tails you know and the little metal plugs and the dual butt plugs and stuff that's a newish sort of item that's got more and more popular definitely so i guess um what we've been talking about is sort of more on the demand side hmm. what have you noticed in terms of how products are changing and what manufacturers are putting out these days that they weren't putting out so much back then or how have products changed uh, bongs, you can now buy silicon bong, bongs instead of glass ones that's a new thing definitely toys have changed like I was saying they've gone away from the mains powered toys and the battery toys to more rechargeable the quality of the materials improved a lot, it's mostly all medical grade silicon now rather than the sort of safe plastics I think people are more sensitive to allergies and things these days Lubricants have gone away from silicon to more water-based products. They're way more popular. The way uh, products are advertised as well has changed. Yeah. I think um, Lilo has had quite an influence on the industry in terms of vibrators and sex toys being, I suppose, marketed more classly, like classy. Um, so they'll have like plain white packaging with the toy. Um, they'll be in bright colours, like um, bright blue or pink for vibrators for women they'll be just a plain shape like they won't look like a penis or anything like they used to 
Um, so that has been interesting, a bit of a shift in the industry towards imitating Lilo's kind of lead with that. Um, riding off Lilo's success, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and more luxury vibrators, I suppose. A lot more companies are looking into producing some of the luxury kinds of vibrators within the, like, $200 range as well. Yeah. So what would be the difference between a $200 vibrator and, like, a $70 one? A few things. Usually a company... So the company usually has more resources to invest into engineering vibrators. So, you know, even things like the motor that's in a vibrator, like engineering something that is powerful but also rechargeable but also quiet a lot of things goes into goes into that so the action motor inside they put a lot of money into that um you get kind of this difference between what i call a buzzy vibration and a rumbly vibration so if you ever feel a lilo or a wee vibe they kind of feel rumbly and they feel like their vibrations kind of go a bit deeper whereas if you feel something that's a little less it'll be more of a surface vibration and for some people that can be really nice for some people it can be numbing you're also paying for materials as well rechargeable costs like to make it rechargeable costs a little bit more as well so yeah it's kind of a lot of features on top of that I think WeVibe has an app that comes with one of their toys so obviously engineering has had to go on into doing that because it's all bluetooth and connected to your phone and everything so yeah Mm. yeah Have there been any entirely new products that have come out in the time that you've been working here? Yeah, I'd probably say the Womanizer or the Satisfier. What's the Womanizer? Okay. (laughs) It's kind of one of those things that has to be seen. Uh Experienced. Experienced. We're not going to experience it tonight, though. Yes, we are. I'm going to turn it on. And you're going to... So I'm going to put it on your wrist. I know it sounds a bit. Hmm. So it's designed to be held over, directly over the top of the clitoris and create like a blowing, sort of a slight blow. Can you feel that? It's like, it's like a a Dyson vibrator kind of. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now, just to explain the Dyson comment. Where I was coming from was that the vibrator they thrummed on my wrist reminded me of the bladeless Dyson hairdryer. This will make more sense when Chandra describes how the vibrator actually looks. Maybe if I turn it down a little bit so the noise is... So there's kind of like a circular opening. What does it look like inside? Can you peer inside? Yeah, have a look. Okay. You can actually, I think you can actually take all that out. Oh, I see. Okay. So instead of having a vibration, these things have a little plastic ball that kind of moves in and out to create airflow. Hmm. Can you mm-hmm. feel that? Sort of a pulsing. Right. Okay. So this one. Almost like a tickle. Yeah, that feels very much more like a pulse, but that yeah. one was a little bit more intense, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can definitely turn them up. Uh-huh. It's just a different sensation, you know, like, um, because I think the charge is going a little bit on them. Mm. But these, they're not shaped like a penis. They're not designed to penetrate. They're just a little round circle with the soft padding like a little donut that sits directly on top of the clitoris and you just hold it there and it does all the work for you. Mm. And it's really effective. Mm. Yeah, And it's gentle and it's just a slow, steady build 
yeah. So it's been very, very popular. If you cast your mind back to earlier in the episode, you'll remember Chandra saying that nothing much surprises her anymore because she's been working at Adam and Eve for so long. There was one occasion, though, when Chandra was presented with something she hadn't heard of. It had to do with splorching, which is described by Vice Media as the fetish of laying alien eggs inside yourself. So we talked about that for a bit. And you'll hear Kat in the background talking to a customer. There's a kink for everything, darling. Mm. <laughs> Honestly. You get a lot of people who love dressing as characters and animals, you know. Um, pet play and baby play, you know, like age play, where some people want to dress up as babies and wear nappies and other people want to wipe their bottoms and do stuff for them. You know, quite extreme ends. When you hear about these sorts of things, do you find any of it odd or...? Not really. Okay. Because I think you see a lot of this on TV, late night SBS stockers anyway. So you know it's there. You know it's happening. Yeah. I watch a lot of these stockers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all do. Look, and honestly, you know, like when we walked around the DVD section, you saw there's something for everyone in there. Mm. So I think the only thing there are three no-nos in this industry, which is children, animals and hardcore violence. There's no grey areas in those when it comes to DVDs and stuff like that. They're totally banned. Um, the only grey area DVD I would say would be um, what do you call water sports? You know, where you've got women who squirt, which is female ejaculation. And some people say it's disurination, but it isn't. So that, that would probably be the only one that I would say that's a you know, there's two sides to that one. But urination is a no-no? Urination and faeces are also a no-no. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That's why when the female squirting DVDs came out, it sort of it was almost like it had to be proved medically that, yes, this is not that. And then it can be classified and it's allowed to be sold. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much other than those things, anything else goes, really. After a while of talking to Chandra, Kat rejoined the conversation. I asked her how working at Adam and Eve has changed her views on sex and people. It's normalised a lot of it for me. Mm. Like, I've always been very open about sex for myself. I've not had a very good understanding or good grasp of what other people do, what other people are into, and especially with more of the fetish stuff that I'm, I suppose, not as exposed to. I suppose putting... um, Putting a face to general things people are into have kind of realised the reality of it for me. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like putting a face to things, realising there are real people out there, uh, realising, you know, there are questions that people have that you would never have thought people would have come up with, but Mm. makes sense when you think about it. That kind of thing. Yeah. One thing I will say, you know, that has changed my opinion or attitude is getting to know a lot of the working girls that come in here for costumes and supplies like condoms and things like that and lubricant is that they're also normal everyday average people as well they're not these sort of evil demons that the media can sometimes make out they're just most of them are women just trying to earn money 
and get on with their lives and and some of them like especially especially the ones that work you know in the dance clubs you know the pole dancing stuff they are professional athletes and they're at the top of their you know sort of peak profession Definitely. and they're amazing you know and they're doing this as because um, they're really good at it and they can make a lot of money and that's one thing I think that my attitude has definitely changed is towards other people who work in the adult sex industry yeah yeah and I think it's a good thing because I think that a lot of people tend to marginalize people like that or don't associate with them or yeah We went on to talk about misconceptions some people have about people who work in the sex industry, which includes Chandra and Kat, given their employees at an adult store. Chandra discussed the assumptions some people have made about the role that they play. We work in here and we sell things, but we're not selling ourselves, if you get what I mean. But some people come in that expectation. Mostly people who don't know any better or they're from out of town or they assume that we have you know video sex booths or swinger booths you know rooms out the back and stuff but yeah most people who come in here know that it's safe open non sort of creepy environment where they can walk in you know they're not going to get harassed by other customers you know they're you know, everything's laid out really clearly. They can see where everything is. There's nothing really sexual confronting them when they first work, walk in the store either. Because sometimes we get parents with who bring really young children in because they can't leave them in the car for obvious reasons. So we made sure that the front of the shop, there is absolutely nothing that could shock or alarm a child. And we have a restricted section at the back where unless you're over 18, you can't go. So we we tend to very much separate those two sides in our shop. Has your daughter been in here before? Yeah, she comes in. She's, you know, every now and again she'll pop in with friends or something like that. But I think it's a bit of a rite of passage in the ACT. Mm, You know, definitely. (laughs) Like everyone knows about Adam and Eve. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask how old you are, Kat? I'm 21. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And when did you first visit a sex store? Um, I'm actually not sure. I didn't do the um the rite of passage though when I turned 18. I didn't come straight in here. But I've always wanted to. I'm not sure. Maybe I was 19. Yeah. Mm. I think I I got very comfortable very quickly. Mm. Um, I do think my experiences with the ACT sex stores kind of helped with that because I, I have visited interstate and and there's only there's only one or two stores in New South Wales that I will visit some others I don't feel as comfortable mm. um, and even as someone who works here so yeah I, I definitely credit the ACT stores for making me feel comfortable enough to to feel confident enough applying for a job here and working here yeah why do some of the other stores make you feel less comfortable a lot of it is about I suppose how much attention they've put into the store and to make it feel comfortable I have unfortunately had experiences in New South Wales where I've gone in and there were certain assumptions made about me due to my 
skin color and my gender as well. Um, I think one time I was in a store in Sydney and there was an old man behind the counter who made assumptions about what I was into and it was very sexist and very based on what he saw and what he looked in me, which I didn't like because I was already someone who was fairly confident in my sexuality and what I was into, so I didn't like having someone make assumptions of me Mm. and I think that's something that we pay a lot of attention to do. Like, we wait for customers to kind of express that to us or ask us for some guidance rather than making any assumptions by the way someone yeah. looks. Yeah, definitely. Um, what yeah. they're into, what, what they're going to buy. Because you, you can never tell. People are into all sorts of things and it's, it's just not a nice experience having that assumption put on you instead of being allowed to claim what, you want, what you're into yourself. Mm. Do you remember what the assumption was that he made of you? I did. Um, so he made an assumption that I would be into flavoured condoms because, so I'm half Asian, um, so he made an assumption that Asian women must be submissive and that I must therefore love giving, yeah, so um, must therefore love flavoured condoms. Needless to say, I walked straight out because I was very insulted, didn't feel comfortable. He was, he was very condescending as well, and as a young person, I didn't feel very safe. Mm. Yeah. Did you actually ask him, though, why he thought that you would be interested in the flavoured condoms? Um, I did, but he didn't. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I was immediately felt, I immediately felt uncomfortable. It's not a very pleasant experience to have happened to you. I felt very embarrassed. I felt very, I was riled up a little bit. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of things I could have said in the moment, but I think in the end I was just too angry and I walked out. You know, it happened almost as soon as I walked into the store. So after that experience, I was like, okay, that's a store that I won't visit again because I'm not sure how I feel in that. But there are some other stores in Sydney where I feel so comfortable in as well. Mm. It's because I hadn't visited any stores before other than the ACT ones and the ones in Canberra that I had kind of just assumed that the ones in New South Wales were all the same as well. But I think some stores pay less attention to how they're set up or I think New South Wales might have some different rules around that sometimes as well like some of the stores you have to they have to be upstairs for some reason mm. or, or downstairs yeah, they can't, the no they can't be on the street level yeah so they can't be a shop front on a street they have to be up or down a flight of stairs um and i've generally noticed too that there's usually a single man working behind the counter and they're usually quite small and pokey they're usually just like a small shop room mm. And just higgledy-piggledy stock everywhere and it's, can you know... And I just think it's probably a reflection of the fact that, A, they probably can't afford to put on more than one staff member, therefore they don't want to put two women on. And also, too, because of the fact that a lot of those stores have been there a long time in established areas, I think there's sort of a much more male traffic in and out of those stores than female traffic, especially the ones up and down Oxford Street. So I think there is that sort of old school thinking that it's not a women's environment, it's it's a male environment, and when women do walk in, they get judged straight away, and I agree with you. I think even if you go in with a partner, they talk to the man and mm. first. And, and I yeah. mean, that was just one experience I had. Not all stores are like that. There are a lot of stores in Sydney I feel comfortable in, but sometimes it is about, you know... Yeah. But, I, yeah, like... It's more the fashions, the kink mm. fashion stores in Sydney that sell adult toys on the side. It's not the adult shops, you know, that are comfortable. It's more the, like, Max Black and big places like that. 
are more geared towards cross-gender market um, and more friendly mm. and open. But more the alternative scene, I yes, suppose. Yeah, rather yeah. than the, the old-fashioned sort of style of shop, mm. which was, you know, the sleazy guy in the waist, you know, in the raincoat with the brown paper bag, you know, <laughs> that stereotype. So yeah. what would be in the brown paper bag? The dirty magazines and the, the porn. Yeah, okay. The so, so, the, yeah. so the magazines get put into the brown paper bag when they leave? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, to hide them. Yes. Oh, you know, like that was very probably very, very old-fashioned 60s, 70s style, but those shops are still operating and I think they still think that it's all hush-hush and I don't know... I hope it's changing. I hope it's changing. Mm. Was the first store that you visited, Chandra, like one of those, the Cedia variety? Probably was. It was actually Club X in Canberra City. Oh, really? When they had a peep show. Okay. You go in and pay $2 and watch some girl take half a bra off in five in three minutes and then the little screen came down. Mm. Yeah, stuff like that. And then in, And really dimly lit with weird neon lighting and sort of mood lighting and you sort of felt like you're walking into a brothel or a bedroom that someone had you know lit a candle in so and that's why I think we're very different because we're full lights um very white bright open so it's interesting then that that first experience didn't put you off from continuing to visit more sex stores it didn't but it was sort of that's what I thought all adult stores were like that actually no even before that the toolbox I think in Sydney mm. when I was lived back in the 80s and that one was very much the same you know really dim lit upstairs very small room you sort of had to know what you're asking for you had to go in and just ask for something and they get it for you yeah mm. but that was so many years ago <laughs> I don't know. I just think what's that stereotype about their business that it's stuck in the past and that it it can't be friendly and inclusive. And I think we try to be that more than anyone. The industry is moving along with current attitudes about sex. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot more people now are more open about their sexuality than they used to be in the yeah, past. Yeah, more. The internet has opened up, you know, so many areas of sexuality that no one would ever have shared before and yeah you know it's it's so easy to access you know even online stores as well it's just so easy to access things now that I think yeah moving to this more brightly lit you know environment where it's it's more about you should feel comfortable in the store being interested in whatever you're interested in because it's just a store like anything else any other store yeah yeah I think it's interesting um in terms of the shift then towards normalisation and brighter lights and all that sort of thing, because it sort of tells customers that they don't have anything to be ashamed about yeah. in coming in here. Mm-hmm. So then I wonder what kind of message those more dimly lit, kind of seedier style of stores, what kind of message they're trying to send. I think what they were trying to do is sort of say this is a private place and it's dark enough so you probably won't get recognised 
that sort of thing and we try and make it feel like more like a bedroom than a than a shop you know so I think there's two schools of thought on it mm. it's just the way we've chosen to go mm. I think the yeah. industry has shifted a lot to very women driven it's yes. a very much more women and feminist driven industry yes. now because a lot more women are becoming more open about being into it um, and I think with the with the older kind of set up for stores I think a lot of women felt uncomfortable in those stores because I think they were geared more for men back in those days because men yeah. felt more, a lot more comfortable with their sexuality and being those, in that kind of store so I think with the industry being flooded by a lot of women and both making toys and, and yeah. buying the toys um, yeah and selling them things. and being yeah. the face of selling them yeah it's now five to nine Chandra and Kat both started at 11 a.m they work double shifts today and are looking forward to going home. And what do you think you guys will do when you go home? Sleep. <laughs> I've got class in the morning tomorrow, so I'm going to go straight to bed. Monday's my day off where I don't have any shifts. So I'll probably go home, turn on the telly, have a glass of wine or a cup of tea, depending, and then watch something, then go to bed. Hmm. I don't know very much about the glassware. Okay. i come around. <laughs> Chandra came around the other side of the counter to tell me about the glassware. We play coy about what the glassware is used for, falling back on the word herbal products. Over the next 15 minutes or so, Chandra shows me the various pills, creams, gels and other things she spoke about before that are intended to enhance sexual arousal. We looked at the games, mostly for couples, and the discounted stuff that customers can rummage through under the counter. At about ten past nine, Chandra and I take a seat at the round white table by the Vibe station. She's pretty tired by that stage, but when we start talking about things that spark her interest... She perks up again. Is there anything you've looked at? I suppose you've picked out a few things and you've asked me about them that you've gone, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that as my current relationship advances, assuming that it advances, yeah, you know, I can see us walking through here and having a look around. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice place to window shop and it's a nice place to come in and kill half an hour, an hour with a partner and have a bit of a giggle or you can get excited over something and try it out. Yeah, no, that's good because I think that's nice when couples do stuff like that. Yeah. How come? Well... It's nice to know that the couples are on the same page and that they're open with each other about their sexual desires and fantasies and stuff. And most of the couples that walk through here, and it do- honestly, it doesn't matter how old they are or what background they come from, the fact that they walk in together and they're both invested in making the other partner happy is what I've noticed. I've had... You know, women in headscarves with their husbands walk in here and be quite open about what they want because they need something, you know. 
And I think it's really refreshing when you see people from other cultures that you would assume would be very conservative and wouldn't even think about walking through these doors, and they do. And you think, oh, good, you know. Sex sort of transcends any race or culture, I think. Yeah. And you see it more here, like on an everyday basis. A lot of assumptions you might have had in the past about people, you just sort of go, well, that one just got blown out of the water. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I've liked that about working here. There's a podcast that I listen to called The Sporkful and their current tagline is something along the lines of obsessing over food to understand more about people and it seems almost like you could say the same for sex and sex toys. Yeah, yeah, because food's food's universal, sex is universal. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you what, in a slow economy or in a recession or when people are cutting back on stuff, food and sex become really important. Luxury items might go out the window, but basics never go out the window. People always come in for condoms, lubes, vibrators, even if they have to buy a $10 vibrator, they're always coming in, you know? Do you guys have $10 vibrators? Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's not how much people are spending, it's the fact that they're still walking in the door and spending you get what I mean like you still need to go to Woolies and buy food but you won't buy the lobster but you might buy the you know the tin of tuna but you're still walking in the door to get something that you need and that's why I think the sex industry is like I totally agree with you I think it is like the food industry I think it's necessary people don't see it as a luxury they see it as a necessity yeah I asked Chandra if she'd be able to characterise her regulars for me. Are they men, women, old, young? Chandra's response surprised me in that it wasn't really that surprising at all. Instead, it kind of fulfilled the stereotype. I think we get more regulars as men, and I definitely think they're 50 plus, and they generally tend to make a beeline for the DVDs. But they've probably been doing that for decades, you know. Why I say they're regulars is they're the ones that actually want to learn our names and say hi when they walk in and stuff. Or somebody, you know, like somebody that's working in the industry and you see them every week, you know, for something. I guess because we get so many customers in all the time, it's not an intimate getting to know someone and becoming friends or anything like that it's just that you might recognize their face and and if you're not on every shift you might only see them every couple of months or something so and so um you also work two other weekdays do you think that there are different people who walk through the door on this 11 to 10 sunday shift of yours than the people that you see on weekdays definitely weekend people and weekday people are different yeah definitely get younger people in the weekends um you get more interstate people in the weekends you get more party people in the weekends stuff like that so the weekday you get your more average typical people you know rather than um you know your people who might work around here or your stay-at-home mums or parents you know, all your older people that are retired and don't work anymore. 
yeah and they don't want to come in the weekend they don't want to come in at night they want to come during the day normal shopping hours that sort of thing yeah oh I'm curious as to who might come in here at like 9.45 tonight oh last minute sort of desperate oh I broke my glass you know I need you know broke my bong or or they're running in because they got lucky and they need last-minute condoms, you know. <laughs> Sometimes the girls over the road will ra- race in and grab a couple of things before we shut. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to wait and see. It's only got 35 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll start, we'll start counting our tills in about 10 minutes. Um, we tend to start shutting the doors at about 10 to when the security gets here and then we keep the doors open till right on the hour and then we go and it's pretty quick so once because we get everything ready to go and as soon as it hits we, we go but occasionally you get a customer who's last minute and knows what they want or like some of our biggest sales have been at you know five minutes too and they've raced in and they've got like 600 bucks worth of stuff you know just give me that 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 but So you never know. At 9.25, a couple walk in and veer into the 18 plus section. At 9.30, a young guy makes a quick purchase. And shortly after that... Till time. Hello. Hi. Hey guys. Hi. Oh, no, so it's my switching hour. Five minutes to ten. Yeah. Well, four. four. Four minutes to ten. Okay. <laughs> Very important in our life. Yeah. <laughs> that ex- that minute. I didn't even notice the the gates come over the windows. Yeah. 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 We do that at about ten to the hour. Um, we leave the door open and everything, so they know they can still come in. But it's just a, you know gearing up to shut the shop mm. so we'll give another couple of minutes and then we put everything away see if anyone rushes in yeah hello That was to the security guard who was looking at me and my recorder with uncertain eyes. And then exit. Yep. Lights off. Sorry, I've just hit you. That was Kat, saying she'd left her phone cable inside. This is after she and Chandra had just closed something like three sets of doors, including a roller shutter. This is a sound of the process you heard before, 
but in reverse, as Chandra reopens this door to let Kat in. The security guard stands by and waits patiently throughout. It's pretty incredible, it's like massive door. Oh yeah, security is tight. Trust me, if there was ever a zombie apocalypse, this is where I'd want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's alright, it's better to remember it now than after we're down the road. I've done my phone a couple of times, that's been horrible. But quel horror being without a phone for a night. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, it's nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, it's really lovely. Thanks for coming yeah, in. Nice to chat with you, hang out with you. I hope yeah. you've gotten... I mean, I feel like I've talked my head off. So <laughs> yeah. I assume you've got enough info. Uh, yes, definitely. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night. At 10.05, a light rain begins to fall. Just after Chandra, Kat and the security guard have disappeared, a white car pulls up outside Adam and Eve. The occupant sees that they're too late and drives off. The street looks entirely different at night. I head in the opposite direction to the white car, past shop fronts for businesses that closed hours ago, and past the ones in between that opened after the others had closed. Their lights are blinding in the darkness. Love, Canberra is written and produced by me, Ivana Ho. The theme music is by Proliter. Interstitial music today is by Poddington Bear. If you like the show, remember to tell a friend. And if you like the show a lot, why not leave me a review on iTunes to help others find it. On the next episode of Love, Canberra. There are people that, that are you know in my world that I've not had conversations with and they have no idea what I do or you know they don't know what my past has been like or what my dreams for the future are and they just see me as a young person with no direction just poking along in life whereas behind the scenes it's a whole different picture and yeah I've got a whole big idea and big dream that I'm trying to pursue. That's next time on Love, Canberra. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.